Do you have somebody in your life who loves books? Somebody who not only loves books, but always wants to share what she's reading with you, thinking that you're just going <laughs> to love her latest selection. And inevitably, you just can't stand that book that she suggested. That's us. Oh, yeah. We both read a lot. Well, I don't even read. I listen. But we very rarely agree on what constitutes a good read. I enjoy books that build up new worlds and invite magic and mystery into our lives. Science fiction and fantasy rule. Mm. <laughs> I listen to a variety, but it's all about reality. Yeah. You can keep your elves and space operas. I'll share them with you mm. in future books. Welcome to our podcast. You're making me read what? Your hosts on this monthly podcast are myself, Jessica, and my colleague, Christine. We're librarians who get a thrill out of a great book, but usually can't stand what the other person is reading. We've each selected some of our all-time favorite books, and each month we'll alternate between the lists with the goal of persuading the other to enjoy a read she would never have picked up on her own. Even if a book isn't entirely your style, it may have some redeeming qualities to it. Right? I guess we'll see. We will see. And I'm going to start us right off <gasps> with the spoiler. Spoiler, spoiler. Now is the time for us to warn you that we're going to talk about the whole book, which mm -hmm. was the honeymoon, the unhoneymooners. The un is very important in this. I can't believe it. Unhoneymooners. Yes, unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren, um, including the ending and any magical twist. There's no magic in this one. Um, it was still okay. <laughs> just, to, just to start us off so we don't lose half our audience. I gotcha. Um, so if you haven't read The Unhoneymooners yet and you don't want us to spoil anything for you, please stop listening now and join us again after you've read it or have decided that you're not going to read it. But the unspoiler alert is that this was a romance, which we typically <laughs> don't, we have not yet so you selected. Need, you need to add another level of spoiler alert on which this is, one. There's no spoiler because you already know if it's classified as a romance that it's going to have a happy ending. Yes, but I was suggesting that maybe we have a spoiler alert because it gets a little racy. Oh, yes. Yeah. There, there are some definite racy parts in that, for sure. So if you are uncomfortable with um, extra romantic scenes of the more it's mature graphic nature, maybe this is not the read for you. Or if you were thinking of um, suggesting it to a young reader no. without reading it yourself. Yeah. yeah no. Don't do that. Maybe don't do that. Yeah. Yes. So... so Why'd you pick a romance? This well, is so weird for us. I know. It's super weird. <laughs> so remember a couple of months ago or maybe now a year ago, time has just done weird stuff and mm -hmm. we don't know what time is <gasps> anymore. This book did have, it had time warp. Maybe there's a time no, hole. It's a loop. No. Wormhole. No. Okay. COVID. Oh. All that business mm. made me realize that I just needed some fun for my head. Life sure. was a little too stressful. And you know how you, you in particular, not mm -hmm. you the world, you Jessica. Mm-hmm escape by reading these mm -hmm. really weird things that make my head explode. Yes, your eye twitch is well known to me. Thank you. Uh -huh. um, I decided, hey, how about something where I know going in that it's going to have a happy ending? Because you know what? I need a happy ending right now. I need not to work a whole lot, and I need life to be a little bit mm -hmm. happier in my head than it is right now. Oh, I love an HEA. Happy ever after. Yep. These are uh, So we don't really talk about it on this podcast a lot because we try and do things that we're attempting to generate some interest from the other party. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I love romance books, and I read them probably way more than I should, but they're they're so fluffy. Like, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of effort that goes into them. Well, so one of the things... Not from the writers. The writers, I'm sure, put in a lot of effort. Uh, absolutely. Yes. And I would say that um, some, many times, snobby people, and I will admit to being one of those snobby people, 
dismiss romance books as too fluffy or poorly written mm-hmm. or, you know, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, There's some of those out there. And there are. Just the same way that there are in every other genre. <laughs> yes. And so I feel like as a former snob, I can say <laughs> that I have opened my mind and I realize how many different genres there are. Mm-hmm. And so, again, for like super nerds, um, when you catalog something, because a lot of the other books, the fiction that we have read had a romantic oh, yeah. piece of it. Yeah. So if you want to know what what does a book have to have in it in order to be cataloged as a romance? Um, according, I did a little research. I'm shocked. I know. Shocked. According to the Romance Writers of America, <clears throat> there are two elements that every romance novel needs to have in order to be classified as a romance as opposed to just fiction. Mm-hmm. And it's a central love story and an emotionally satisfying and optimistic ending, which you just called the happily ever after. Yeah, H-E-G-A. Yes. So if, and and then there are other kinds of things like, I'm sure that you know that I would be really excited about this. Um, there's the paranormal romance. Uh, I am fully aware of the paranormal romance category, yes. Not even the least bit. I uh, challenge you. Nope. I challenge you. Challenge to read a romance where a werewolf falls in love with a vampire. Okay. I challenge you to that. You know no, what? wait. A merman and an alien. No, wait. Um, there are so many variations on this. They're all wonderful. When when I see a cover and I'm like, oh, maybe that. And then it says werewolves. I'm like, oh, God. You really can't judge a book by its cover. I'm yeah. so not interested. So anyway, uh, there are all kinds of – there's historical. Future podcast Oh, choice. God. There's historical. There's um, – what is it when we are – now, so Christine is doing this thing where her hands are moving up and down there are. Uh-huh. in a, an action that has no um, no meaning, no words for me. Correct. Yeah. What Other is than contemporary? Now. That's the word that this was trying to. Interesting. Yeah. So at first it was up and down hands, like uh-huh. we're shaking two people's hands at once, <laughs> and then it was palms up, like she was attempting to like grasp <laughs> grasp something. Someone was handing. Her. I think maybe it's time for me to move along. <laughs> contemporary. Got it. Contemporary. So there are lots of genres: historical, contemporary, paranormal. Romance with spiritual elements, if you are... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like Christian romances yep. or... Like romance Muslim suspense. Ro- oh. All kinds of stuff. So... Yes. If you think you might be interested, there are many ponds in which you can dip your toe. Absolutely. And romances are such an easy entry point. Mm-hmm. There's literally millions of them out there. Mm-hmm. Or maybe hundreds of thousands. And, of course, you can check them out from the library. Of course. And they're just... There are so many that are so well written, mm-hmm. and they've got these. You can spend more time enjoying the story because you're not worried that like somebody central is going to die right. or that something horrific is going to happen at the ending and ruin the whole story right. that you've and gone crush through. You. Yeah. Yes, you you can read it knowing that the end is going to be something that is culminates in a satisfying process for you. Yes. So you can pick up more of the details as you go along. Which doesn't mean that bad things don't happen because of they course. do. Yes. Um, and that leads to more more happy at the end. Even more happy. Even more happier. So I'm going to give you a little little synopsis of yes. The Unhoneymooners. By um, Christina Lauren. By Christina Lauren, who is two people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're besties who write together. Yes. And um, they have lots and lots and lots of books. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the female protagonist is Olive, and her twin sister is getting married. And Olive is the maid of honor. And she has to interact with the um, best man who is the groom's brother. Yes. Ethan. Ethan is the brother, not the groom. And they don't like each other. No. And never have. No. And everybody gets food poisoning from the seafood buffet, Mm -hmm. except 
Olive, who's allergic to seafood so she can't eat it, mm-hmm. and Ethan, who's too persnickety and does not like buffets because he thinks they're unsanitary. Well, then he's proven pretty right. Yeah, sort in of. this one case, right. as a buffet lover, I feel the need to defend the deliciousness that is multiple options on a buffet. Sure. Yes. And actually, he's not proven right because later it's something that yeah. was early. He thought he was proven yeah, right. He was he very smug about it. He was extremely very smug. Very smug. So then, because Amy, the bride, has great luck and she wins everything. She had won this fabulous mm-hmm. honeymoon to Maui mm-hmm. and it was non-transferable, non-anythingable. Mm-hmm. And so Olive and Ethan end up going on the honeymoon and posing as Amy and Dane. Well, Dane Light. Yeah. Yes. He doesn't have to take the he can use his own first name, but she can't. Yes. And she's a terrible liar and so she gets herself twisted up immediately and can't lie very well. Yes. So <laughs> then there's, they're on Maui, beautiful, wonderful Maui, and they have to pretend to be married yes. um, in order to not have uh, have to pay for the vacation afterwards. Yes. And there's so much fun that goes along with it because they're like any other type of novel. There are all these tropes that you get to play mm-hmm. into. So uh, with this one, it was the, you know, hate at first sight and mm-hmm. that develops into a relationship and future love. And mm-hmm. it was... Um, uh, what, like the parent trap where you've got twins that are pretending to be each other to move things along. And it was, oh, no, we're in a secret secluded place. But, wow, my ex-girlfriend showed up and your new <laughs> boss. How did that happen? And, of course, Christina Lauren, this writing duo, they're they're such fantastic authors that you just buy along. You're like, of course they're there. What are we going to do now? It makes sense. Of course it makes sense. <laughs> and I loved I, – I mean, I, I, th- I think this is going to be the few, one of the few books that you and I both agreed on because okay. – it was a lovely little story, and ah, it was sweet. And so I win. You do win this. Yay. This podcast, you. Win I win this forever. Particular moment in time podcast forever. But you knew I was going to like it. I've read it before. <laughs> this was not like a oh no, Jessica has never read romance. No, just love romance. Um, this was. Yes, I enjoy a good romance trope book, mm-hmm. and she, in all of her novels, plays into them really nicely. Mm-hmm. So, yes, um, one of my favorite things about this author in this book was. Because it's a romance and because people have expectations going into it, they get to do all these funny, little, quirky, dumb things in there. (laughs) So her, the main protagonist's name is Olive. Olive. O-L-I-V-E, period. Olive. And throughout the book, the male protagonist, Ethan, does not want to call her Olive. Right. He calls her Olivia. He calls her Olivier. Octavia. Octavia. (laughs) Oliver. Any variation that starts with that letter O, he's going with it. Mm -hmm. And you track it throughout and you're like, dumb, dumb. Oh, still doing that. Such a jerk. And then you get further and you're like, oh, that's kind of cute. Oh, they must like each other. I liked it too. It's like he's pulling your hair. That's because he likes you. Yes, it was Mm -hmm. exactly like that. Mm -hmm. And then she calls him Elmo instead of Ethan. Like she picks up on it. She's like, two can be this dumb. Yes. And it was just a very fun. It's like if you had gone to the movies and watched a rom com, Mm -hmm. it's got that same vibe to it. Yes. So, what else did you like about it? Hmm. I will be honest. Uh Normally, I write notes. I did not write notes this time because I, one, finished it two days ago. <gasps> woo woo! All power to wow. Jessica for an early book read. Um, but I had read it previously, so I felt okay about that. <laughs> and uh, time just got away from me today. So I had a couple of things kind of queued up in my head I want to talk about. One was the fact that romance books are not something that we should be ashamed of reading. Sure. Because books are here for a purpose. They're to give you escapism. They're to give you an opportunity to learn something. Uh, romance books are no different than that. Right. 
There is a reason that it is a multi-billion dollar industry. Correct. And that is okay. And if you are ashamed of reading romance books, you don't have to be. But if you are, there's a wonderful thing called an ebook. That's true. And nobody has to see what the cover looks like because oftentimes the covers on these books are a little like, woo! Bodice ripper. That is more than we anticipated getting. Mm -hmm. um, these Christina Lauren books are not like that. The, right. the covers are kind of graphic and pretty bright colors and things like that. But yeah. You can... Um, you can hide your contents mm -hmm. in an ebook or an e audiobook if you want to. That is true. Yes. Um, but one of the other things I liked about this was the supporting cast of characters. Yes. The the family. Yeah. So on the uh, on the spouse's side of things, it was really just the the groom the and then Ethan. Right. And that was an interesting relationship that they built up. But really, it was the the sisters' family, so yeah. it was their mom and their dad and their cousins and this really kind of built-up world that they shared about the food that they like to eat when they get together and how they all interacted at the the reception, right? what they planned to do afterwards. And it added these lovely little little details that made you think, like, oh, I want to hang out with them. Like, yeah. I want to go to one of their parties. Yeah. Yes. How about you? What were your favorite pieces? Well, I loved the family dynamic for sure. Um, one of the really funny things was um, one of her cousins, I think it was Natalia, but I can't swear to it, was texting Olive while she was giving <laughs> the speech, the uh -huh. toast yep. at the wedding right before the uh, food poisoning started. And unfortunately, the text of the toast was on her phone. So every time <laughs> Natalia texted her, it covered up what mm -hmm. she was trying to read in front of however many people, 100 people of or whatever. Course. And so, and the texts were just nonsense yes. about how she looked in her dress and <laughs> could I get this person's phone number? So it was just like, you know, you want to bash your family like, I love you. Could you, maybe not now? Maybe yeah. not now is a good time to be, not be doing this. Sometimes for some family members, it can only be right now. It <laughs> exactly. must be. Exactly. I must text you right now. It doesn't matter <laughs> that you're giving a speech in front of people. I liked their cousin Diego. Yes. And yes. he was, um, he felt like he could have been a trope as well. Okay. Like the, the. The gay cousin that, right. you know, everybody knew from birth was was going to be a, a fashion editor or something like that. Right. But they really twisted it a little bit. And it was it was a sweet opportunity to highlight, like, um, there's been a huge push lately to ensure that, as with other genres, that there's representation in books. Yeah. And that there's opportunities for people to see lots of different variations of members members of their community in these books. Yeah. And so instead of having, like, that, that trope... Um, and I need to find a different word for that, but one is not coming to mind. That you know, like, oh, you know, you're part of a, a Latinx family, and right. you know, what are you, you going to do? No, he was just, he was, was just, just Diego. He was just Diego, and yep. it was fine. Yep. It was yes. They had really good backgrounds to it, and and similar with the locations. Like when they were talking about flying into Maui and then flying back out, um, the picture that they drew. Mm -hmm. Like I've been to Maui. Yeah. I closed my eyes and I was there again. Aww. And it was lovely. And I've heard that it is much, much, much too busy right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. someday, yeah, someday, I will close my eyes back. and I will picture it again. Right. So they have a lot of skill that goes yeah. into into writing these. Like, um, I remember when I was really early, really early first working in libraries. Harlequin was still really mm -hmm. popular, like mm -hmm. uh, the silhouette books. Right. And there were these little tiny romances that were like the width of a finger. Right. And um, really not great storylines. Right. It was just kind of jammed in there. And the genre has evolved so much over the past 10, 15, 20 years right. as people have become more willing to see it as a genre of choice. Yeah. Not something you need to pretend like you're not reading. Well, and I totally agree, and I think that one of the things that I appreciated about this is 
all of the characters are realistic and they're flawed mm -hmm. and they're super likable. Yes. Um, with the groom Dane being the possible exception, he's he's not likable. No. Um, no, he's but not. But everybody else is, and um, one of the things that I liked about it was both Olive and Ethan, when they're arguing with each other, they're actually still trying to see the other person's perspective. Yes. And they're also struggling with their own loyalty to their sibling sure so that to me is realistic like i have a sister and i am 100 percent sure that i would give her the benefit of the doubt no matter what anybody told me about her yep. just because i know her and i know her ethics and morals and values and all that stuff same but at some point <laughs> you know evidence can become overwhelming yes yes and i i thought that that was I thought they did a really nice job of that where that was realistic. It was not, to me, forced or, mm -hmm. um, you know, where I would go, yeah, that wouldn't really happen. Exactly. Well, and, you know, the one of the main drivers in this book is that they didn't like each other, right? right. Olive and Ethan didn't like each other at the start. And it becomes clearer as the story goes along that that was purposeful right. on the part of the groom, on Dane's part, because he didn't want them talking and finding out that he was blaming all of his bad behavior and last-minute trips on his brother that he was really taking on his own so that he could hook up with other women on. Right. Right? And I appreciated that they didn't treat lightly the fact that um, even as you're reading this and you're cheering on Ethan and Olive – you're watching this new marriage disintegrate. Yeah. And there are absolutely flip sides to romance because yeah. it can't all just be happy all the time. Sometimes things are not great and sometimes things turn sour. And uh, if you are cheating on your fiancé for years in advance and then planning to do it again right after you get married, that might be a problem right. for the future of your romance if you have not discussed that with your partner in advance, right? right? Absolutely. So, I've read a number of their other books, of Christina Lauren's other books, and they tend to handle these topics um, cleanly. Like mm. it's it's not it's not off bounds to show that it's not always a happy ever after. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And but Amy still had Amy, the one that was cheated upon. Yes. She took some time to kind of lick her wounds, mm -hmm. and she ended up, you know, finding yes. another possibility. So yes. it, it, she still gets her head. Happily ever after as well. She does. Um, I also really liked the way that they dealt with um, Olive not being a good liar, <laughs> and yet she's put in this position where she has to decide whether she's going to lie to her new boss yeah. or the resort. Yep. And she makes this snap decision, and then she's like, "Oh my gosh, why did I do that?" Yeah. And then she fesses up about it, which I think is refreshing because I think everybody—you wouldn't be human if you didn't—we're not at some point caught in a lie and then you have the decision to make of do I dig my heels in or yep. do I come clean yep and she comes clean and she does it in a very dignified respectful way mm -hmm. and he accepts it but his ethic won't yep. let him forgive her yep. and so she loses her job as a response as a um a consequence yep. and again she doesn't she just says okay that's yes. and I like that I like that too and it reminds me of so before they're going to this dinner with her future boss, mm -hmm. um, Ethan knows she's a very bad liar. Yes. And so they're talking about, like, how can you be less of a bad liar? <laughs> so thing one, don't over explain stuff. 
You don't need to make up details on the spot that you're never, ever going to remember again that you're going to get called on. Right. Thing two, maybe don't constantly play with your hair, face, your face. earrings, clothing, <laughs> other people. Just don't do that because it's <laughs> it's clear that you're trying to find something else to focus on. And it made me think like, well, I wonder what I do when I lie. <laughs> and um, I don't know because I think we all get so – I'll tell you later. Thank you. I would appreciate that. I, I'm sure it's very, very clear. <laughs> um, but we all, you know, yep. we all do weird stuff because it's not natural to right. lie, but right. we all kind of – Every once in a while, it pops up, right. and it's so uncomfortable that there's there's always some kind of tick or tell or whatever, unless right. you are a masterful poker player, of which I am not. Right. I don't know if you are. Nope. No. So, And there were all of these little silly things that were woven through, and yeah. one of the ones that just made me laugh still <laughs> makes me laugh. Um, they're talking about Ethan's ex-girlfriend, who they bump into on Maui. Surprise! Surprise! Sophie's there, <laughs> and Olive, who... You know, she's happy with her body, but she's sure. aware that she's a little more voluptuous than mm-hmm. many people would find attractive these days. Mm-hmm. And she, but she's down with it. And so, mm-hmm. but she notices that Sophie is this tiny little itty bitty. And Ethan's this big guy. Stick and she's a picture of a woman. Right. Yes. And so, and Ethan's this big guy. And so she says something about, I just picture him popping her in a baby Bjorn and walking around the city with her. (laughs) And I just love that image. I think that is fabulous. Yeah. And this is just one more opportunity. There are a lot of authors out right now that are trying to portray more inclusive body types Mm -hmm. in romances. Yes. Like if you had read in the genre, I don't know, maybe a decade ago, it is a lot of thin white women. Yeah. Right? And that is not everybody that's out there. Nope. And it should not be the representation that is put out there for women and men as they're reading romances. That is the only ideal that you can have. Right. Um, I I have been reading a couple of series, and they're purposefully uh, casting in mm-hmm. their writing women who are larger body shapes mm-hmm. or who are uh, differently able yep. or uh, who are women of color. Right. And um, it's not... The norm, yes, but it's becoming a higher percentage of the books that are out there, yeah. which is good. And I, I have read several other books by Christina Lauren, and they – I'm calling them a they because they're a duo. <laughs> they are a um, duo. But they do a nice job of having yeah. a lot of representation, and it's very – it's it's nice. Yes. Yes, they're lovely authors, and yes. I um, – I know that we're not going to be able to read another one for our podcast because that would just be crazy. We would break the mold. Okay. But they have a new book that just came out. So maybe we can both read it and then talk about it on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We could do that. We can do that. So the last thing that I would like to tell you that I liked and then we can talk about whatever you're going to make me read, which I think I'm not going to like. Like I was just very nice to you, but we'll get there in a minute. Okay. Is that. Olive accepted Ethan's apology. He yes. gives an apology, and it's pretty heartfelt, and he's still kind of confused by how he reacted. Mm-hmm. And he, but he gives it, and it's it's legit. You know, he yep. accepts responsibility. He says that he was not thoughtful and that he's really sorry and explains why he felt the way he felt and why it, it influenced his behavior badly. Yes. And she just is kind of stunned and says, Okay. Yep. And then he's like, what, what just happened? We're okay again? <laughs> and I appreciate that because I think I think that that is the way to accept an apology. If, if yeah. you feel like somebody really understands what happened, and even if it was pretty terrible, if they're really sorry, I 
I feel like that's we all should give be gracious in accepting apologies and to the extent we can move along. I agree with most of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some things that are not forgivable. Sure. But this case in this book, it was for them. And I really dislike it when people apologize and someone accepts it and then they hold on to it. Exactly. So, yes, I accepted your apology, but I'm still mostly mad about it and right. I'm going to I'm gonna hold it over your head. Yep. And it doesn't appear, even though that was towards the end of the book, that that's how their relationship works. Right. And that's something to strive for, that if you're in a relationship with someone and you really – you, you trust them and you mm-hmm. give them the benefit of the doubt that we're all human and we all do really dumb stuff sometimes. Right. And sometimes you talk it out and you move on and you're okay and you just let it go. Yep. Because otherwise it's just going to fester and get funky. And you don't need to – i I've had friends or, or acquaintances who have made apologizing really tough. Like sure. as part of the punishment, you're going to grovel. Oh, yeah. And she doesn't do that and she's – She's like, okay, you hit the nail mm-hmm. on the head. Thank you. We're done. I accept apologies in the form of milkshakes, personally, <laughs> uh, of which my spouse knows. So we are good. <laughs> we, we all have our the ways to our hearts. We do. Some of it's through a straw. So <laughs> I, I don't think I'm punishing you in any way with this hmm. next book, but I, I hope you like it. Okay. It is certainly not something that you're immediately going to be like, woo, I'm so glad we're reading this. Sell me on it. Go. It's going to be hard because the title of the book is Howl's Moving Castle by Diane Wynne-Jones. I'm already skeptical. I am aware, which is why, oh, I see a buddy in the office who's <laughs> clapping hands already. So, <laughs> Traitor. So, Traitor. So this is, I think, one of the best kids' fantasy trilogies. Okay, you do realize that I'm adult. I do. Okay. But I like to mix it up. Sometimes okay. we do young adults. Sometimes we do kids. This is a kids book series. Okay. And there's three books. And we're, I'm only making you read the first one. Thank God. So check, and, right? And tell me, kids, how, age group? I don't know. Maybe 10-ish? 10 and up. Okay. Yes. So Howl's Moving Castle. Mm-hmm. Howl is a person. So okay. it's his castle. And it, it walks. It moves. It does. It moves in, on purpose. Okay. So the story is about Sophie. And Sophie is... Is she the baby Bjorn? She is not. That I'm aware of. I'm going to have to reread it. Um, (laughs) Sophie is the eldest of three. And she's also kind of unlucky, just in life in general. And close to the start of this book, she is cursed. Mm. And she takes on the appearance of an old, wizened woman. Hmm. And so the book is about her journey to try and break this curse to be herself again. And she goes on a lot of adventures, and she meets Howell, who owns this moving castle. And there's just many things that happen throughout the course of the book where she kind of finds herself and finds her own identity, and you'll see if she breaks the curse or not. Um, It is a sweet book. Okay. It is one of Neil Gaiman's favorite books. Oh. Um, (laughs) You're going to have to do better than that. No. Um, He said it was one of the best kids' fantasy books that he could recommend. And I don't know if this is going to sell it for you it turned into a fantastic animated movie um by miyazaki who we will go into much greater detail on in our podcast i can't wait i cannot either but i i hope that you enjoy this one because it's it's got a it's got a place in my heart okay yes and how old were you when you first read it Mm, literally maybe maybe 10 okay all right i will read it through my 10 year old eyes yeah okay 
Yeah. I accept I, I the have, challenge. I have higher hopes for this one than I did for Robot Dentist. <laughs> oh, that's the one we did last time. We were trying to figure out I what remembered. we did, and I said, oh, it was something horrible. <laughs> was not horrible. It was wonderful. I but cannot. I think, I, oh, see? It stuck with you. Uh, that makes me so happy. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember what that noise was, that, that first book that we read, um, the British one where it was like, Pip Pip. No, it wasn't Pip Pip. What was it? It was the butler guy. Right. Um, um, Jeeves. Yeah. What, what did, did he say? say? It was two noises. I don't remember. Blop blop. That's not it either. <laughs> Anyways, I'll figure it out later. Okay. So this one will be better. More that. better. More okay. better. Well, thanks for joining us on You're Making Me Read What? <laughs> Even if this book wasn't your cup of tea, there are millions more where that came from. And don't forget, you can always grab these books and lots more at your local library. So please do join us next month when we will be discussing Howl's Moving Castle by Diane Wynne-Jones. Thank you so much and keep on reading.